0: Welcome to Christchurch Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Please be seated. Good morning, everybody. We try to give thanks to God for everything, but I've realized over the past couple of weeks there is one thing that we have not thanked God for. Let us do it now, and that is the beginning of college football season. Thank you, Lord. As I read through our scriptures this morning, a question struck me, who does God really care about? Who does Jesus really love? I think our readings give three answers. All are different, yet in the end, all three answers are the same. We heard in our Old Testament reading through a very strong warning, God making it very clear who Jesus loves deeply. You who trample on the needy, being deceitful with false balances, buying the poor for a mere pair of sandals, and selling the chaff of wheat, surely I will never forget any of your deeds The prophet Amos was warning merchants who used falsely weighted balances to rip off the poor. They were treating them like a cheap pair of shoes and selling them lousy wheat instead of good wheat. I won't forget what you have done. I will turn your feasts into mourning. In no uncertain terms, God is saying that He loves the poor. That's the first of our three answers. Jesus loves the poor, and not just those in physical poverty, but anyone who is emotionally or spiritually downhearted, downcast, or oppressed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, said Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And as our reading Amos, from Amos said, cursed are those who do not share righteousness with them. And Jesus' love for the poor that is, those who are wounded or broken or addicted or lost, in any way is not just sentiment. He spoke love and forgiveness to the woman caught in adultery. He ate dinner with thieves and tax collectors, enacting the greatest sign of acceptance and hospitality his culture practiced. Apparently saying, bless their hearts, as we like to in West Texas, only goes so far. The blessing we are to give in Jesus' name to those in need is to be real and practical. Be doers of the Word, not hearers or speakers only, Jesus said through the words of James, pure and undefiled religion is not to just say, bless their hearts, but to actually go and visit orphans and widows, to actually meet people's needs. If a brother or sister needs clothing and food and you don't give it to them, what good is that? Asked the ever-practical St. James. Jesus loves those who are poor or downcast or wounded in any way. The second answer about who Jesus loves comes from Paul's letter to Timothy, as we heard read in our New Testament passage. In a sense, Paul expresses the exact opposite of the first answer. Paul says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for kings and all who are in high position. Whoa, you mean Jesus loves the rich, the wealthy, and the powerful, as well as the poor? Yes. Jesus loves the poor and the oppressed, and Jesus loves the the rich, and the powerful. Paul explained why. It's because God desires that all people be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Christ Jesus gave himself as a ransom for all, not just the poor and brokenhearted, but also the rich and powerful. In fact, God loves the rich and powerful so much that He gives them special coaching to be doers of the Word because money and power can be especially dangerous. The New Living Translation of our gospel reading puts it this way, if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you With the true riches of heaven, you cannot serve both God and money. If we pursue wealth above all else, if we rely on it too much, if we hoard it, if we are not charitable with it, if we cheat people to get it, why should God trust us with the true riches of heaven? Who does God really love? Jesus loves the poor and downhearted because they are especially motivated to seek the relief and the true riches He offers. That's why this congregation reaches out so consciously to help those in need. And Jesus loves the rich and the powerful enough to tell them the truth about the temptation they face and the special opportunity that their wealth and power gives them to help and bless others. That's also why this congregation reaches out so consciously to help those in need. Our third answer combines both the rich and the poor. The third answer about who Jesus really loves is you. You are loved by Jesus because He paid the ransom for all people. And yet, we are also loved by Jesus because we have all been poor and we have all been and are very, very wealthy. Through Christ, we have been given the riches of heaven. We have, we have that special responsibility. We have all been made poor by our sins. We have all been downcast at times, and some of us may be poor financially, as well. And yet, all of us, through faith, are also very, very wealthy. Jesus paying that ransom for you is a bank account that far exceeds any investment in the stock market, especially lately. (laughs) Your investments are outlined very precisely in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, God has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing. What was that again? Every spiritual blessing. First, He chose you before the foundation of the world. Think of that. Before creation, God had you in mind and in His creativity. Second, he adopted you as a son or daughter. If you've had problems with family or making that heart connection, Jesus offers you that connection that you have yearned for all your life. Third, you have redemption through the blood of Jesus. I heard somebody say just yesterday they don't feel like they deserve all of their blessings. And the Christian answer, of course, is we don't deserve all of our blessings. That's the good and incredible news that the price has been paid. We have been redeemed from the slavery of sin. Fourth, you have the forgiveness of sins. I've got a special challenge with this. I dwell all the time on the yucky stuff in the past. Don't do it. It's been forgiven. Fifth, God has revealed His will to you. This thing about not knowing what God is about or what God is up to. No, no, we do. To unite all things in heaven and all things on earth into this beautiful unity of spirit and charity and love together. Sixth, You have an inheritance. You're made members of family, just like back in the ancient Near East, where if you weren't part of a family, you were hammered. There was no Obamacare, no health and children's services, nothing to help you. You're made part of a family with an inheritance that exceeds our wildest expectations. Seventh, You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. This amazing story of God coming down, God coming to His people, wandering through the desert, settling in in the tabernacle with them, that big tent they carried along, settling into the temple, and then settling in to the heart and being of an actual historical person, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and then settling into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That prompting, that prick of conscience, that little voice that says, do this or in my case, don't do that. The seal is is not just the Holy Spirit. The seal is the guarantee, that signet ring that the king would stamp in wax on an envelope or a proclamation, it was guaranteed. That's the eighth part of your spiritual wealth that far, far exceeds the price of gasoline. By realizing how poor we have been in sin, by realizing how rich we are in Christ, each of us has the power. To grasp something incredible, to grasp how wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ for you, and then to do something even more incredible, to be an ambassador for the love of Christ, sharing it with others because you are especially loved by God. Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, we thank You, Lord, for those—and this is hard to say—those times of poverty, poverty of spirit, of wondering, of challenge, where we are driven with no other choice but to turn to You. You use all of these things, Lord. Admittedly, we don't like some of them, but we, we turn to You now in trust that You are using them. Father God, we thank You for our wealth. Lord, we have shelter and food in the refrigerator and air conditioner and all that good stuff, but we have a huge, incomprehensible spiritual blessing in You Prompt us by your Holy Spirit to share it. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.